Jesus invoice. The subtopic is he paid it all. Somebody say amen. We are in a very, well, let me read the scripture. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5, and then Genesis 4, verses 6 through 8, very quickly. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, y'all better watch the spirit of the serpent. Because the serpent always comes with a question that doesn't need to be answered. Watch the seasons. Now, listen, I, I got to help me. Somebody say help him. Because my mind is going a million miles a minute. My spirit is going a thousand miles a minute. Listen. You got to watch transitions. Somebody say transitions. Because it's in the season of transition that the enemy is going to stir up the most activity. When God is about to bring you from one level to the next level, from one glory to another glory, from one tax bracket to another tax bracket, it is in the space of transition. Somebody say transition. That the enemy is going to launch his greatest attack. If you don't know that, you'll be undone. If you know it, you'll anticipate it and you'll know what to do when it gets there. Somebody say amen. The serpent came with a question that did not need to be answered because it was already established. So part of the enemy's tactical warfare is to make us question something that we already believe. What I already know, I'm already persuaded, I'm already convinced, I've already stood on it, I've already fought for it, I've already defended it, I've already praised for it, I've already stood on it. And when the serpent comes, now there's a question. Right. And the woman said unto the serpent, she's going to bring the clarity again. That means you sometimes you got to resist the devil more than once. Huh? You can't just do that one resistance and think, God, I did it. I got the victory. And then he comes slithering another way and you fail. Listen, she said, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it. Why? Lest you die. Not because God is trying to keep you from something. Not because God is trying to deprive you of your appetite or your desire. God said you cannot eat of this fruit of this tree because if you touch this one, death is assigned to it. He didn't say it wasn't pretty. He didn't say it wasn't going to satisfy your appetite. He just said, if you partake of this fruit, the consequence is going to be death. How many times did we settle for something that the price tag was death? Death to vision, death to relationship, death to purpose. You ain't seen anybody upset until you meet somebody who knows they've missed it concerning purpose. They can dress it up, lie about it, make it look like they're doing it somewhere else. But in their heart, they know, I failed. I missed it. And very often in those situations, they're going to try to make you fail and miss it too. God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So not only did he say not to eat it, he said don't even touch it. You can't even get close enough to the false destiny without it impacting you. And the serpent said unto the woman, listen to this. Now, here comes the rerouting of the idea. 
I taught you all, principalities of darkness fight us through belief systems. Somebody say amen. Amen. It is to the extent that your mind is stationed in the word that they cannot penetrate it. But if your mind is open, somebody say open. open. Your emotions are open. Your feelings are open. Your thoughts are not resolute. You become like the double-minded man unstable in all of his ways who cannot receive anything from God. Huh? Watch this. Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know, watch this, that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. He said God is intimidated by what's going to happen if you eat from this tree. Huh? Your pastor is going to be intimidated. By you if you eat from this tree. Your co-workers are going to be intimidated by you if you eat from the Go ahead and eat from the tree. Don't, don't worry about the protocol. Don't worry about the order. Don't worry about what you have lived your life to defend. Genesis 4, 6 says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Somebody asked me why I put the King James Version in my notes. And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou dost well, (laughs) shalt thou not be accepted. I feel like William Shakespeare with the anointing. You hear me? Listen to this. If thou dost well, if thou doest well, will you not be accepted? Can I say that again? If you do what's right. Come on, complainers. Come on, I'm tired of getting singled out and rebuked. Come on, I'm tired of being displaced from my job in the church. If you do what is good, you will be accepted. I just can't fathom. Prophet, maybe you can come and interject and help us in the middle of this presentation. How people can do what is wrong and then be upset when they are corrected. How can you do what is not the will of God and an alarm is sounded and you be offended at the messenger sounding the alarm? On your job, if you do something wrong, is there a coaching? If you do it again, is there a write-up? If you do it again, is there a demotion or a termination? So why in the kingdom of God do we have trouble with the idea that God will measure us and if we don't fit the bill, that he will reposit? Well, the Bible says, well, there's there's a lot here. There's a a lot here that's not in this text. The, The Bible talks about the parable of the talents. And we don't like to look at God like an economist. And we don't like to look at him as a strategist. Somebody say economist deals with currency and money. Somebody say strategist. Somebody that deals with plans and thinking and protocols and programming. We don't like to see him like that. If you have five talents and you didn't grow them, what did he do? He, if you had one talent and you buried it instead of growing it, what did he do? He took it, but he gave it to the 
the person that had the most, that had maximized the moment. Why can't we recognize that our God deals with us in the same exact way? My bishop told me when we started this church, before we started this church, he said, because of the apostolic anointing on this house, he said, you are going to have to measure an annual ring. He said, just like a tree, if we cut a tree in half, you can tell the age of the tree by the number of rings that are visible when you cut the tree in half. He said, you are going to have to, on an annual basis, measure an annual ring, and that's the only way you are going to see increase in expansion. He said, if you don't measure the ring for that year, God is going to diminish what you've already been entrusted with. Huh? So if he's measuring us, come on, y'all, help me here. If he's looking at our productivity, if he's looking at how we handle what's been entrusted to us, how can we be mad at God when he diminishes us when we know we were not good stewards over what was in our hands? Part of judgment is measurement. Somebody say measurement. It's measurement. It's giving you the test to see where you fit. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? Your countenance is fallen. If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not well, sin lieth at the door. So sin is only at your address when you're committed to doing what's not right. Oh, come on. Pastor, I need your help. I need counsel. What, what do you need counsel with? I can't stop sinning. Well, that, see, it's not that sin is overtaking you and you can't stop. It's that you won't do what's right, so you keep giving sin an opportunity. Your system is fixated on doing what's going to allow sin access into your life. Come on, y'all. Help me because my throat is already gone. In Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Word of God, please speak through me today and have your way in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. There is an intention for preaching, Lakia Griffin. There's an intention. Every preacher, every messenger, every message has an intent, has an objective. Somebody say amen. And depending on that particular ministry gift or that particular assignment, the objective may switch. It may change. Most of the preaching that I see, and when I say most, this is, uh, this is a, a little bit of a stretch. It's very subjective. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't think I'm the only one trying to do it right. Amen. I got to cover my statements. But a lot of the preaching that I see doesn't have the objective of maturing the body into Christ's headship. The information that's given, the impartation that's given, it does not carry with it the equipment of the Holy Spirit to cause the transformation in the lives of the hearer. Most of the preaching that I hear, that I peruse on YouTube and in all these various channels, is there to emotionally charge the audience so that there is the consensus that that person can preach. It's more about building up your resume as a preacher and getting more open doors than it is bringing transformation into the lives of the hearers. And so I've been challenged by God to begin to preach or teach and bring the message in alignment with where he's bringing us and not just with what I think you all want to hear. 
Because messages, in order to bring you somewhere where you're not, they got to pull you somewhere. They got to challenge you. They got to force you to grow up. Somebody say force us. We are in a season where we have got to recognize the time and the season of God. And you've heard that over and over and over again. Nudge your neighbor, especially if they're on the front row falling asleep. I can't help the way my voice sounds. It's monotone. I can't hear myself. You're going to hear it the way I hear it. Somebody say amen. In Jesus' name, nudge your neighbor. Just go like this, like you're about to shout. We're in a season where we got to recognize what God is doing. We got to recognize how he's moving. We got to recognize what he is speaking to us. And in the prophetic, we are in a place where God is giving us very, very, very clear instruction and revealing to us things that are taking place in our world. Now, this is going to sound far-fetched. Somebody say far-fetched. But I believe that most of the things that we are hearing, to answer your question in the eldership chat, concerning the prophetic unfolding and unveiling of things going on in the nations is to prepare us for the end times. It's to show us by example that we are literally in the end times at the end of this thing and that God's about to wrap it up. All right. And if we can recognize that the things that are happening in the nations are fulfilling biblical prophecy, then it should awaken us to walk circumspectly. It should awaken us to recognize the sign of the time and say, let me get myself together. Let me get myself in order. Let me get myself in purpose. Let me get myself in position. Let me get ready for what God is about to reveal in the earth, because as the elect of God, I am now a part of what he's about to do. Somebody say I'm a part of it you got to believe you're a part of it so when we begin to see and recognize that we are a part of it this is just really weird up here I'm really sorry y'all I'm trying my hardest to get through it somebody say amen when we begin to see how we are really called to be a part of the end time army then we will begin to divorce the things that are not conducive to what God is about to do we will begin to look at people we'll look at relationships and it's not easy to do that it's not easy because we form soul ties with things just like Eve did with the tree. You look at it, you taste it, you touch it, it looks good, it feels good, you want it, but death is assigned to it. And so you got to come to the place that your eyes are open and your spiritual vision is clear enough to say, I don't care what this looks like, feels like, sounds like, if it is not conducive to my purpose and my assignment, I cannot give it any space because at any day now, he just might crack the sky. Come on. He can't catch me with my work undone. He can't catch me with my assignment unfulfilled. He can't catch me in folly and fooling around with you. He's got to see me doing what he's called me to do. Come on. I don't know about you, but once you have devoted your life to Christ, the only thing you want to hear him say is well done, good and faithful. Y'all not saying nothing. Faithful servant. That means I was faithful in season and out of season. It means I was faithful when I felt like it and when I didn't feel like it. It means that I did what it was that he had anointed me to do. Somebody look at your hands and say, my hands are anointed to do a thing. And it's time for you to get busy doing what you've been called to do. Put your hands together and say, yes, God. Apostleship hinges on two things. And I told you at the summit that the uh, in rehearsing the words that uh, the apostles that I had talked to had released to me, they said that the uh, antidote 
somebody say the antidote to the satanic strategy right now is the apostolic ministry and the apostolic anointing. Somebody say apostolic. I'm not talking about denominational, but I'm talking about by mandate. Somebody say I'm apostolic. It means that you are pioneering. It means that you are trailblazing. It means that you are governing officials of the kingdom of God. It means that you are the elect of God. It means that you are doing it according to the blueprint and according to the plan. Somebody say, I'm apostolic. Come on, say, I'm apostolic. Say it till you get it in your spirit. Because God is shifting us out of a religious mentality. He's shifting us out of a religious molder. He's shifting us out of a religious pattern and he is awakening within us the destiny seed that he put in us before the foundation of the world. Somebody shout, awaken. Come on, say awaken. It means that the thought that God had of you, come on, I got to get back to my notes. The thought he had of you before he breathed life into your being, that you are coming into the space, you're coming into the season. You ought to feel like things are beginning to click into gear. I know all hell is breaking loose, but let me present to you that all hell breaking loose is a sign that the devil is afraid. Come on, he's afraid that you're going to come into your power. He's afraid that you're going to come into your assignment he's afraid that your inferiority complex is just about to die I don't know who I'm here to preach to but he told me to unlock a destiny I'm telling you it's time for the thing in you come on that thing that keeps you up at night that thing that you see in your dreams the vision of God that you hear in your ear it's time for you to get busy about your father's work I need 10 people to open your mouth and shout yes to God Come on, shout hallelujah. Take your seats. It hinges on two things. Somebody say the apostolic anointing. I'm really trying to get beyond it. But I'm grateful for the call. I'm grateful for the assignment. And although being apostolic by mandate, by commission, brings with it a lot of warfare because Paul defined for us that strategia is a part of the execution of the apostolic call. So although on one hand I know that I got to face off with the devils and the demons that have been assigned to my generation, but all on the other side, there's a glory, come on, that everybody isn't experiencing. I might have to deal with the principality like, Paul but if I can get over here to where my shadow starts to heal come on the fight is well worth it because I don't mind going through if I know that on the other side of it you gonna be delivered I need somebody to open your mouth and shout God use me come on use me to deliver use me as a vessel of healing use me as a vessel of the kingdom open your mouth and shout God use me to my first point take your seat apostleship hinges on two things that are unchangeable gods and nations the god who rules the land rules the people so that means that people then are the conduits for a spiritual agenda whether knowingly or unknowingly i want you to look at your neighbor in the face and tell your neighbor what are you a conduit for Come on, ask your other neighbor the question because that one ain't going to answer right. Say, what are you a conduit for? 
because whether you know it or not, whether you sign on the dotted line or not, you are a conduit for somebody's agenda. That's why God had to baptize us in the Holy Ghost. Come on, y'all not saying nothing. Because he had to get his spirit on the inside of us so that all of us could die so that he could have his way. Come on, he didn't leave it up to our willingness in the flesh. He said, I got to dip you in my power. He said, and another thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take control over that tongue. When you go to cussing, he said, I'm going to anoint you. And Tokotaba, is going to come out. Why? Because he says, I've got to show you my power. Whether you know it or not, you are, take your seats, I got to get through it. You are a conduit for a spiritual agenda. The biggest example we see of this in the Bible, as I'm going very quickly, I started at 12.03, right? That's 21 minute. I'm going to keep with my timer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can't see through the wall. Not yet. Somebody say hallelujah. The greatest example, Warren, we see of this is King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, and the prophet Elijah. I'm not going to go into all of it, but I've been studying it out a little bit more. And one of the most profound things that I learned about Jezebel that I didn't know before was that she was the initial agitator and persecutor of the saints. In the Bible, there was no persecution until Jezebel got up there with her ridiculous self and decided that she was going to begin to kill the Lord's anointed. Her agenda was to enthrone another God, another deity to be worshipped over the, the Lord God Yahweh. Somebody shout hallelujah. So this means that whenever we are under attack, whenever you are going through for the sake of naming the name of Christ, and I want to present that to you, that you are not confused. If you are suffering right now if you are going through if people are attacking you and maligning you and coming against you I'm telling you it's only because you have named the name of Jesus Christ and let me show you that it's because of you naming the name of Christ that this attack has stirred up that Jezebelic spirit come on I don't care who don't like it it's an attack it came from the pit of hell but I'm going to tell you right now just like in the days of old Jezebel's going to be thrown off of that battle she gonna bust her head wide open and the dogs are gonna come and lick up her blood the devil is alive there is no assignment against the church that can prevail because Jesus said it is upon this rock y'all not saying it the revelation that he is the Christ that I build my church and the gates of hell y'all not saying nothing cannot prevail against it I need somebody in the church to open your mouth and say even if he slays me I'm still going to trust him, but devil, take your stuff and go straight to hell because your persecution is not going to move me away from my assignment. Come on, open your mouth and praise him right there. I feel a fresh wind blowing. I said the devil's after your assignment. He's after your yes, but I need you to be strong enough. I need you to be powerful enough to tell the devil no. Say, devil, you're a liar. I'm not backing up off of my yes. Oh, come on. Something's breaking right there. Somebody, oh, 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 open your mouth. I said something's breaking. I'm not backing up off of the yes. I'm not backing up off of the assignment. I said, God, use me. And he started to use me. Now the devil is mad. Devil, go to hell. I'm going to walk into the glory that God has promised. 
I'm not going to get through these notes. Come on, open your mouth and praise him. Because that's what you needed right there. You needed to know that was a serpent that was hissing in your ear. You needed to know more in the monitors that it was the devil's assignment to get you out of your place. But I need somebody bold enough. I need somebody anointed enough. Come on, don't play with it. Because somebody's destiny's on the line. Somebody's healing is on the line. Somebody's deliverance is on the line. I need somebody strong enough to stand flat foot and to say, come hell or high water, I shall obey. Come hell, y'all not saying it, or high water, I will do what God has called me to do. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, open, 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 open. Because he's dropping an anointing in this room. I got to stop. He's dropping an anointing in this room that's about to smear you afresh. You about to have more power because you didn't move. You gonna have more power because you didn't bow. You about to have more power. Come on and praise him. You're going to have to make up your mind that you're going to pass the test of persecution. The scripture says, Yahya, that if we suffer with him, uh, yeah, 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 here comes the vetting. Come on, y'all don't like that measurement. Y'all don't like that vetting. He said, if you suffer, if you Say it. Suffer with him, then you will. That means the prerequisite for dominion, y'all not gonna help me here. That means that even though you gotta, even though you gotta wipe your eyes, you better keep on tracking. Even though you gotta dry those tears, you better keep on tracking. Even though you gotta hide your face. You better keep on tracking because right in the midst of your suffering, you don't know when it's going to hit, but there's an anointing of dominion that's going to creep up on the sufferers. I need some sufferers to open your mouth. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, open. I said I need some sufferers. Thank you. I need somebody that's going through. This praise is not for the cute people. This praise is not for the people that crossed every T and dotted every I. But I need somebody that's gone through to open your... They didn't talk about you until you got deep in your purpose. They didn't scandalize your name until your yes to God was real. They didn't start sowing seeds of discord in the church members until you really started being delivered. It's persecution, but come on baby, hit me with your best shot because the God who answers by fire 
Y'all not saying nothing. He's God and he's backing me up. I gotta let y'all go. I said he answers by fire. He answers by fire. I'm not out here doing this because I ain't got nothing else to do. I'm out here because I'm persuaded. I'm out here because I'm constrained. I'm out here because he pushed me into my assignment. I need somebody that knows what I'm talking about to shout yes. We are in transition everywhere you look. Everywhere in the world, everywhere in the church, every system has been measured and is in transformation. God has come in here and just done this. Don't miss your promise getting caught up in transition. Transition is not the destination. It's just a highway. And there's a lot of stuff on the highway of transition. But you got to be convinced and you got to be persuaded that no matter what hits you on the highway, that you're not going to pull off on the wrong exit. God, I'm going down 95 South. I'm driving all the way to Miami. And I'm going through hell around exit 26. Something's telling me to get off in Bridgeport. But my destiny is calling and saying, you got to make it to Miami. Who am I strengthening? Even though the temptation is to abort the process, baby, you got to get in that left lane and you got to fly. You got to say, I don't care what hits the car. I don't care what weather I see. I don't care who tries to pull me over. The devil is alive. I'm not stopping till I get to the end of 95 South. I'm about to drive this thing out. I'm going to ride it out till I can't ride it no more. I need somebody that's strong enough to mean your yes to open your mouth. Somebody that's strong enough to give God a real surrender to open. The serpent, the serpent only comes when greater glory is about to be revealed. Jezebel's chief assignment is to bring the kind of persecution that will make God's anointed retreat. That's the assignment. Because if you're not manning your station, if you're not guarding your gate, if you're not in your watchtower, when you're out of the way, Jezebel can now enthrone her God. So it's not just about you, the personality, but it's about what your anointing and your mantle has to guard and protect. That's why you can't allow people, listen to this, that are not on your level to have influence in your ear. Come on, I hear what you're saying, but it can't influence me. Because you're not where I'm Oh, come on, y'all better get up off of me. You're not where I'm at. I had to talk to somebody. I said, I don't understand this sporadic interaction with you, but I'm going to help you out. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop talking to you because I'm no longer outfitted for your confusion. Come on, either you coming or you not. Because I got somewhere to go. 
You can't walk on the side of a car going down the highway. Either you jumping in or you're going to get run over. But I can't allow you to be a distraction to the destination. Everybody standing, I'm done. We got to get, Minister Day, to the destination. Got to get to where God has called us to be. We got to get to the assignment, prophet. Because when, listen, we keep playing. When we get to heaven, well done, good and faithful servant is both an assessment of our position and the duty and the work. Good and faithful, there's three layers there. Because you can be bad as a servant. So he's going to say either good or bad. He's going to judge whether or not you were faithful or unfaithful. And then he's going to judge whether or not you were actually the servant. The first thing he's not going to say is, thank you for loving me. He's not going to say, thank you for being the first wave praiser. He's not going to say, thank you for paying tithes and offerings. The measurement is whether or not you did what he called you to do. And they say, your title and your position don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing because he ain't called you to nothing. It's not about titles. It's about function. If he called me to a function, then I got to fulfill the function. You don't have to call me the title, but just respect the seat. There's an assignment. Come on, y'all. There's an assignment on your life. There's a calling on your life. There's a purpose on your life. And you cannot be distracted by people that are not so duly called. The biggest whisperers are the people that are not anointed to do a daggone thing. Yet we let them talk to us and influence how we feel about the assignment. How? Are you in my ear or in my inbox or in my phone? Got me second guessing what God spoke to me, what I gave my life to defend, and you don't even have an anointing on your life. He ain't even called you to do nothing. You got to know who you are, beloved. You got to know who you are. Persecution is not a sign that you got to run. It's a sign that Jezebel's trying to push you out. You better bind that spirit and stand your ground. Stand your ground. You got to tell the devil, I'm the elect of God. I've got his DNA in me. I am born again of the Spirit of God. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed. Y'all, I was in prayer early this morning. I don't ever get to pray like this. This morning I was praying, and I just felt led of the Lord. I said, I said, Father, I appreciate the blood of Jesus and what you have done for us through his blood. And prophet, when I tell you his presence begin to envelop me because I honored the blood. I said he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary so that we could be free. 
so that we could be saved, so that we could be washed, so that we could be born again. And then he took that same blood and poured it on the mercy seat so that it's before the throne of the Father, that before he can see me to judge me, he's got to see the blood that delivered me. The blood that speaks, it cries out on my behalf. I said, Father, I worship you for the blood of Jesus. And he began to grab me. A few minutes later, my spiritual mother's texting me. She's having an encounter with God. She says, the anointing is so high today. I said, I know because I feel his presence. I said, Dr. B, he's in my room. I know what you're texting me about. I'm experiencing it. He's here. You better know who you are and where God puts you. And don't let no devil move you out of your spot. Because the serpent's job, doing what he's called to do, is to make you doubt what you already know. It wouldn't be a temptation if you didn't already know. The temptation to sin is temptation because you know you're not supposed to. The serpent would not be hissing if you were not already persuaded about who you are and what you're supposed to do. I said, God, giving me a charge I've made so many mistakes I wish I could be perfect I lamented over it I cried over it for a season I said I, I said there are some people God that do everything right I've got friends who were virgins when they got married and they got married real late in life and all of that I said there there are people that that were just right I said but not me I said I couldn't be right with the systems that made me I couldn't be there was no way for me to be anything other than how I've been. I said, but if you could clear it all up, I promise you, you ain't going to have to worry about none of that again. See, that's repentance. That if you fix it, I'll bear fruit worthy of it. See, most deliverance is just a decision. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's just a choice. Come on, y'all, I'm talking to y'all in here. It's a choice. I'm not going to sin. I ain't touching the tree. Because you already told me that if I touch it or eat of it, I'm going to die. Can I give you another confirming scripture? The wages of sin is death. Whichever vernacular you want, whether it's the tree or a paycheck, either way, if you do it, you go. I said, God, you've given me a charge. You've given me an assignment. You've given me great people. So great people. I said, Father, you've got to protect us from the serpents. Because they're slithering. They're slithering. I said, they're slithering around this block. I said, they're sowing seeds into my people. I said, I can see the slime on them when we come to worship. They hate me. 
they're disappointed because their feelings are hurt. People's feelings get hurt in church and they're not man enough or woman enough to deal with hurt feelings in church, but they deal with it everywhere else. But they can't talk through it and process through it. They got to become a jerk. They got to become a part of the antichrist agenda. They got to become Jezebelic in their maneuvers. And I don't understand it, but I'm telling you and I'm prophesying it, their wages will come to them. Their wages will come because the Bible says he hates the person, not the deed, the person that sows the seeds of discord. I would not want to be in a category that the Bible says God hates the individual. He hates the person, the one who sows seeds of discord. You mad at the church? Keep your mouth shut and go somewhere else where you're not mad. But don't poison people because in this house it's going to judge you. I'm telling you. In this house, it'll cost you if you do it here. And God forbid that God waits until eternity to pay you back. Because you think you're getting away with it in the earth, but he's still measuring your wage. If I be an apostle of God, and a prophet of God, I'm telling you, don't play with me. If I can tell you what's about to happen in the world's economy, if I can tell you how nations are about to line up in alliances, if I can tell you that within 72 hours, this is going to change, your income is going to change, if I can prophesy, if the vision of the Lord is clear enough in my eye to tell you what's going to happen and you can turn on the world news and say, my pastor already said it. You better believe this word like you believe every other word. You do not get to sow seeds of discord into my flock. Y'all stop listening to people who sow seeds of discord into the flock. Stop entertaining conversations where people are sowing seeds of discord about the you ought to say you can't talk about my church like that and when you find the perfect church tell me so I can go over there and show them their imperfection when you find the perfect leader come on y'all I'm no David but God he was a man after God's own heart lusting adulterating and murdering But God said, he's a man after my heart. I'm no David, but I tell you I'm after his heart. And my intention for fulfilling the assignment is pure. Serpent is hissing. They only come to make you question what you already know. The key to overcoming the serpent to stick with what you know. Stick with what you've already defended, what you've warred for, what you've fought for, what you prayed for, what you danced for, what you fasted for, your confession of faith. Stick with it. The tree is so tempting because it looks like it's promising you something that God's not giving you. Their gossip, their scandal, their lies. I had to say in one conversation with people, 
that fit into some of these categories. I said, I don't understand how all of us live the same experience and your perception of it is so different. I said, there has to be a spirit of delusion. It has to be. There's no way we all went through that and that's your conclusion. You want to see a demonic network? Find people who are all disgruntled about the same church. You want, you, want, you want to see what disgruntlement looks like? You want to see what bitterness and offense sounds like? Find their conversation. God, come and get all of it. Come expose it, expose it. I pull all the covers back. Expose it. Expose it. The people in this house, listen to me. I'm done. I can't tell you who to be friends with. You're a grown man. You pay bills, right? You. You pay all your bills, right? You got your own bank account, your own car note. I can't tell you who to talk to. I'm not interested in that. But if there are people that are hell-bent on making us look like fools, I'm going to question why they always at your house or why you always at theirs. Can I be more specific? Why you still call them and feed them information about what's being said here? I'm going, I, I'm just, I'm just wondering. I can't tell you what to do. Just like I can't tell you to keep your house clean. As my prophetic anointing is kicking in, just a minute, and just walk through a, a door. Can't talk to you about your roaches. But I guarantee you, if you keep your mouth shut, your extermination bill will go down. Oh, I guarantee it. You won't have to keep calling the exterminator for them roaches and mice and rats. I'm looking. I'm looking in the house. I see the droppings. If you keep your mouth shut, God will clear pestilence out of your house. That's pestilence. It's pestilence. You wonder why you robbing Peter to be Paul, Paulette, and Pauline. And all of them mad because ain't nobody got the money they're supposed to get. Keep your mouth off of God's house. We're not perfect, and I'm done. We're not perfect. Look around. Say, we're not perfect. But do you know that at this altar, Dewberry, people's lives have been changed? This altar. Do you know that people have been delivered from demonic oppression here? Demons that have controlled their lives for years get broken off of them here on this altar. People come here to dedicate their children to God breaking generational crime. Ain't nobody in their family been dedicated. And here they are. They got their white on. They at the altar. Don't even know what it means. Here they go. Saying, God, here, people come here to give their lives to Jesus Christ. And that's a light thing to speak against this house. Come on, y'all. It can't, it can't be. Fix your issue. Find, find out what your real problem is. Right? Because you know how it's funny how everybody starts hating the church, but you went there for 15 years. 
Look what happened for the 15 years that you were there before you got mad. So let's figure out what your real problem is. Per adventure, there's grace for you to repent because the days are winding up and that grace is lifting. God measures us for every deed and misdeed done in the body, including the tongue. Father, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify us by your truth so that we can walk circumspectly. Close off our ears to the serpents. Let us discern them, recognize them, but not be affected by their hissing or their slimy slithering. Father, expose the people that are of us but are not for us. Expose them. Expose the contrary spirits. Expose the contrary conversations, the contrary dispositions and attitudes. attitudes. God, just reveal it so that we can know those who labor amongst us. Father, help the offended find healing and release so that they could be okay because we've moved on with purpose. Help them be okay in their space that they've created for themselves because their lives are the sum total of their decisions, not my decision, not our church's decision, but they decided their own lot. So Father, help them to make peace with the harvest of the seeds that they have sown. Father, cover this house, blanket this house with your protection, insulate it with your truth and your person. And we will be so careful to give you the glory. What a great salvation. Father, that you tabernacle with the sons of men, that you fill us with your spirit and that you commune with us. What a wonderful God. How we reverence you, how we worship you. Seal this people to your eternal will and purpose. Let no weapon formed against them prosper. Let every tongue that rises up against them in judgment, let them condemn them. For this is their heritage. They are the saints of God. Father, bless this people. In Jesus' name we pray. Is there anyone here that wants to be saved? You are not a born-again believer. You have not given the Lord Jesus Christ your life. You've not yielded to him. And you know that this is your time to come to the Lord. I want you to come. If you're not saved, if you, were, if you were to walk out of here today and your heart stopped beating and your lungs stopped breathing, in a split second when your eternal soul leaves that body with no ability to come back in, they can't resuscitate you can't bring you back where is your eternal soul going to go where is it going I know you got plans to make a six-figure income or seven-figure income I know you got plans to build you a house by the beach I know you got plans to start a business or a clothing line or to make music. I know all of those ideas are there, but what if 
you would be in eternity within the next 12 hours. What if? I'm praying for my friend. I'm praying for him because he needs prayer. He needs prayer. Tragedy can come upon you and you don't know. Stepfather went crazy, shot his mother in the head. Daughter saw that her mother got shot, so she killed the stepfather. In an instant, in an instant, eternity is waiting. In an instant, you can be in eternity. He left, went into eternity after just murdering, so he thinks someone. He thought he killed her. We're praying for her miracle because she needs it. Where do you wind up in eternity when your last action was to kill somebody else? Was it really worth resisting the church people that said Jesus loved you and you just shrugged them off? Was it worth not coming to church when somebody said, come on, just come? I don't believe in all that. What happens when that person wakes up in eternity? Far from God without the ability to come back. So if that's you today, there's no judgment here because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory. We've all been delivered. We've all been cleansed. We've been forgiven. God has had to help us with something, fix us, heal us, deliver us. Shande, if anybody has ever told y'all that, it's been me. Haven't I? I've been transparent. I've been very open. I've been more open than you even give me credit for if you just read between the lines. Been real open. I've got some sons and daughters that I pull them to the side prophet, and I don't speak to them in parables. I open up and show them the whole wound because it'll help them understand how to navigate through where they are. Everybody doesn't get that. I'll just leave your, your speculation to you, what you think you know. Let me prophesy what I really know about you, Shande. But I'll open up and I'll say, look at this. This is, this is what happened. This is where that struggle came from, but this is how you can make it out of that. See, I'm transparent, I'm open, I'm open. Not many pastors will tell you that they struggled with alcoholism while they were pastoring. Not many will tell you that. So then when I have alcoholics come to me and confess that they're alcoholics, I can pray over them and help them find out how to be free because I know how to navigate through it. Not many pastors will tell you that. You just wake up with the news that your pastor committed suicide because they couldn't handle it. Church folks are some mean people. That's, that ain't an easy job. I said, Lord, are you sure you don't want me to work on Wall Street? Huh? Are you sure? Because I know I can manage a hedge fund and get seven figures real easy. Are you sure? 
I said, I'll tithe into the kingdom. I'll even go to a couple of crusades. You sure? He said, feed my flock. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hear you. Y'all ever get, when God starts talking to you, and he got a little, I don't want to call it a little attitude because I don't want to sound dishonorable. I don't fool with God. But when he has a disposition, he'll speak to you out of a disposition. And you know that even if he was playing before, you know right then he means what he just said to you. It's happened a few times in my life. And I don't care what the people say. When he talks like that, Tyra, I'm going to offend you to not get destroyed by him. He ain't got to snatch me ball. All right, I'm going on. Eternity could be knocking on your door. Y'all, we're not perfect people, but our God is perfect. And he called us to be perfect or perfected or mature in him. You can't do it in your own strength, but you got to do it in him. Y'all, we all have things where the enemy can come in his. Are y'all listening? I want all y'all to listen. Look me in the eye. If I look at you, let's make eye contact today. Right? We all got things where the serpent can hiss. But pay attention. Because some of that hissing is there to destroy you. Don't let it. Y'all listening to me? Don't let the plan of the enemy destroy you. 